0: And we pray you would speak to us through scripture to help us know how to pray, Lord, and to help us know how to come to you and be made whole. We pray this in your name, amen. When I was doing college ministry one evening at one of our college worship services, three drunk men wandered in off the street and began heckling the speaker, which at the time wasn't me. And I didn't quite know how the best way to handle it was, so I I slipped out uh, uh, into the hall with one of my staff people to kind of try to figure out what we're going to do. And we quickly ran through all of our options, kind of did our best reasoning, and decided that the best way to handle it would be I'd go and invite the drunk men to come out into the hall with me, and I'd be happy to talk with them or uh, buy them something to eat or something like that. And that's what I did, and it worked okay but it was kind of messy and awkward and probably could have been handled better. At no point did it ever occur to me to pray about the situation. Afterwards, one of the students, thinking that I'm more holy than I am, walked up to me and he said, Scott, that was so cool how when a crisis hit, your first instinct was to slip outside and pray. You are such a role model to us. I'm like, now... Prayer, that would have been a really good idea. I think for a lot of people, prayer is a really difficult concept. Sometimes uh, it is for me. We we start to think things like, well, gosh, I prayed for lots of things before and I haven't seen the results I've wanted. So does prayer do any good? For many people, prayer sometimes feels kind of dry and our minds kind of wander when we're doing it. Some people wonder, well, if God already knows what he's going to do anyway, well, then why bother to pray? But I think that our problems with prayer stem from the fact that we don't always understand what prayer is all about. And in the text we read today from the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus gives us some real good advice about what prayer is and about what prayer is not. And he starts by saying what prayer is not. Prayer is not a magic formula to get what we want. He says, don't pile up a bunch of words over and over thinking that's going to get you heard. That's not going to work. You know, sometimes I think that we believe deep down that, gosh, if I could only pray just right, then then maybe my prayers would be heard. You know, if we use the right words or invoke God in some special way and always remember to say, in Jesus' name, amen, because that's like hitting send on the email, right? Otherwise, it doesn't go to God's inbox. Jesus says prayer is not like that. It's not a magic formula. You don't have to get it just right. Then he goes on to describe what prayer is, a couple of things. He says, first, prayer is an intimate conversation in which we offer God our most authentic self. Jesus says, don't try to show off to anyone else or to God when you're praying, whether you're alone or in public, don't try to show off. I remember once in seminary, a professor praying, O God, you are a great, glorious God of global growth, and we do beseech thee, amen, amen. Great alliteration, right? But what does it mean? I remember thinking, I don't even understand your prayer. It was sort of this fancy thing. Jesus says, you don't have to do that. Don't don't bring your best gussied up self. Bring your real self. There's a funny scene in the movie Bruce Almighty where God, played by Morgan Freeman, is talking with the main character named Bruce. And he says, well, what do you want to pray for? And Bruce says, world peace. And God says, that's what you pray for when you're running for Miss America what's really on your mind. <laughs> Prayer is an honest conversation where we tell God what's really on our mind. It is very intimate. That's why God, that's why Jesus refers to God as our Father. You know, he doesn't say, oh, unmoved mover that art in heaven. He uses a very personal word. The word he uses in, in the original is Abba, which is the most familiar intimate word for father they had, sort of like Papa or Daddy. In fact, just an interesting aside, do you know why in the King James Version of the Bible God is always addressed as thee and thou? We think it's because it makes Him sound more majestic and it's more formal, but that's not why it's that way. Back in the 17th century when it was translated, thee and thou were the informal, familiar way to say you. If you were talking to a spouse or a close friend, you would say thee or thou. You was the formal address. It was reserved for kings and superiors and and people you didn't know. So God is addressed as thee and thou in the King James Version to indicate a cozy, intimate, informal relationship where we can be honest with God. There's a seminary student I know of who was a philosophy major at Harvard and then went to Princeton Seminary because he said he wanted to figure God out logically. Mm -hmm. Well, then his father died unexpectedly And he fell into a deep depression, ended up having to take a leave of absence absence from school. Then he got really sick and at one point couldn't even get out of bed. And all of his philosophy books didn't do him any good at that point. So finally he started to pray. But at first his prayers were very academic. He'd write them out in his journal and making sure to say each word just right. And that didn't help. So finally he just got fed up one day and he slammed his fist into the pillow. And he said, I am sick of this. I don't even know if you're there. So if you're God, do something. Not exactly a prayer you usually hear in church, but it's exactly the way people prayed in the Bible. People in the Bible prayed very honestly. Well, and God did do something, but not quite what this student was expecting. He got no intellectual insights, no new matrix for understanding God, but he began to feel what he called a liquid joy running all through his body. And at first it scared him, and then something weird happened. He got this overwhelming urge to sing Blessed Assurance. Kind of strange, I know. I mean, it's a very particular hymn. This overwhelming urge to sing Blessed Assurance. So that's what he did, sang it at the top of his lungs. Now, when seminary students start singing Blessed Assurance for no good reason, you know God is up to something. What he learned is that prayer is a gut-wrenchingly honest conversation with God about what's really going on deep inside of us. We don't offer him our holiest self. We offer him our real self. Second thing about prayer that Jesus talks about is prayer changes us to have the heart and the mind and the will of God. We think of prayer as changing events, and it can do that. But the whole beginning of the Lord's Prayer is designed to change us, not events, When we pray, hallowed be thy name, what we're really saying is make your name the most important thing in the world to us, God. That's what to hallow something means. When we say thy kingdom come, we're saying replace my kingdom, my little kingdom of greed and pride and lust and all that with your kingdom, God. We pray thy will be done, not my will be done. The whole opening of the Lord's prayer is meant to focus us on God and get his perspectives on things before we go on to ask about our needs and our wants and our daily bread. Now, we don't always pray that way, do we? I don't know about you, but usually for me and probably for many of you, we're sort of focused on our own needs in prayer, right? I mean, maybe we'll start with a thank you or two to kind of butter God up before we ask him for something, right? But then we move on to our list of non-negotiable demands, which in church circles we politely call prayer requests. Give me, help me, bless me. And God wants us to bring those things to him. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But it's a question of balance. If all we do in prayer is to ask God for things, well, we run into a couple problems. First, that's no way to build a close relationship with God. Right. If all I ever said to my wife was, could you please cook some dinner and wash my clothes? And by the way, the house seems a little messy. <laughs> Let's just say I wouldn't do that. Right. Because that is no way to build an intimate relationship with anybody. The other problem with dwelling only on our needs in prayer is it keeps us focused on our needs and not on God and his perspective about things. So we never end up shifting our perspective from our needs to God. But if we take time in prayer to thank God, to tell him what we like about him, to say things like, Lord, what's so great about you is that you gosh You just think differently than I think. Or you care for people that no one else cares for. That's what's so great about you, God. If we take time to say those things, then our perspective shifts from our problems to God. And then suddenly our problems start to seem smaller because God is getting a lot bigger. And we're changed more than events are changed. Prayer changes us to have the heart, the will, and the mind of God. The third thing Jesus says about prayer... And the final thing is that Jesus says it reminds us of our daily need for God and helps us trust that God will meet those daily needs. When we say, give us this day our daily bread, what we're acknowledging is that no matter how rich or educated or smart we are, everything we know, everything we've got comes from God and we need Him. We are not self-made people. When we pray, deliver us from evil, what we're saying is that we are not spiritual heroes. We cannot be good on our own. We acknowledge that we need Jesus if we're going to be good. Prayer reminds us that we are the creature, not the creator. And that's important because otherwise we start to try to handle everything ourselves and usually get in trouble, sort of like I did when the three drunk men came into my college group. Prayer reminds us of our need for God. And it is a place where we find confidence that God will take care of our needs and meet our needs. Now, as I just said, prayer needs to be more than just listing our needs, but a big part of prayer is asking for things. And God wants us to bring our needs and our requests to Him. He wants us to do that. And when we do, we will find confidence that He will meet our needs. Now, maybe not our wants, but our needs. I mean, notice we ask for daily bread, not monthly cake. All right. It's what we need, bread, and it's as we need it, daily we can't store it all up for years and years because then we'd never have to go back to God again and probably wouldn't. We get what we need as we need it. And here's the trick. You've got to do this a lot. You've got to keep at this. Because the more we pray every day and the more we see God meet our needs, the more confidence that builds in us that God is going to be there for us. The last couple of times I've preached on prayer, I've I've talked about how very practically and specifically we can talk to God and and hear from Him. And I don't have time to review all of those things in this sermon, but I'd refer you to those other sermons. But one of the things that I have learned over the years is how to have a more honest dialogue with God and how to give my needs to Him in a way that just helps me leave them with Him and trust Him. And I do it every single day. And just a simple act of telling God what's on my mind, what's worrying me, just a simple act of telling Him calms me down. You know, and it doesn't have to be big, earth-shattering things that we bring to God. We can just bring the daily stuff to God every day, normal stuff. Lord, I'm going into this meeting. Help me be your representative there. Lord, my kids seem especially out of kilter today. Help me see what you're doing in their lives. How can I be part of that? Lord, we're doing a capital campaign. Help, right? It can just be whatever is going on in your day, just normal stuff. And do it all throughout the day, not just once. All throughout the day, Luther said prayer should be brief, intense, and frequent. Brief, intense, and frequent. Biff, or whatever the acronym would have been in German, right? Longer, I'm sure. As I've told you before, one of the most helpful prayers I pray, I pray it all the time. Lord, this is your problem. What do you want to do about it? Just praying that, just telling God that calms me down. And then I begin to look at things differently and I begin to see what God might want to do with that problem and see how I can be a part of what he wants to do. And all of that calms me down. And the way I have learned to do that, the way that prayer has become more important to me and more effective, is simply practice. Do it all the time, every day, and that builds your trust and confidence with God. Prayer is like food. We need it every day. We don't remember all the meals we've eaten. Not everyone was earth-shattering, but if we didn't eat them, we would have died And it's the same with prayer. It is our daily bread. Prayer is an honest conversation that changes us to be more like God, where we bring our requests to God and find confidence that he will meet our needs. And the way we can do this, the only way we can do this is through Jesus. Jesus who forgives our sins so we don't have to be embarrassed to be honest with God because we've been made clean and forgiven in him. And his Holy Spirit lives inside of us and helps us discern what is the mind and the heart of God. And His Holy Spirit also takes our prayers and brings them to God and translates them to God, even when we don't know what to pray. Which means when I sort of squeak out my pathetic little prayers, the Holy Spirit takes them to God the Father and He says, "Uh, Father, this is what Dudley really meant to say. And what that means is we don't have to get the words just perfect, right? You can just sit there and go, Lord, (laughs) and God will know what you meant. Isn't that good news? You do not have to get the words right. The Holy Spirit will translate for us. Now, for the big question, one big question. Will prayer get me what I want? Yes and no. Yes, we'll get what we need. No, the circumstances of that may look different than what we're expecting. The Bible promises that when we pray, God responds. And I've seen that happen in dramatic ways. I have personally known people miraculously healed through prayer. I have seen marriages put back together again that I didn't think had a chance. I have seen hearts and minds change through prayer. Our prayers can move God to action. And yes, he's sovereign and he makes the decisions. And yes, he knows what he's going to do. But for some reason, he chooses not to act until we've prayed. And I think that's because when we do that, he can work in relationship with us. And that builds our relationship with him. Our prayers can move God to act. Now, does that mean we're going to get everything we want? Yes. But I think only in the deepest sense of what that means. Sometimes I'm not sure we know what we want. A couple of weeks ago, I met with two former college students of mine whose wedding I'm going to perform later this year. But before they got engaged, they had to work through some tough decisions She had been admitted to business school in Philadelphia, and she really wanted to go. But he was working at a high-tech firm in Silicon Valley that we don't like to talk about here in Microsoft land. The the company which must not be named (laughs) rhymes with frugal. (laughs) And a a very inferior company, I'm sure. His, His career was just going great, and he didn't want to leave to go to philadelphia so here they are they're not even engaged yet and already they've reached irreconcilable differences so they decided to pray about it aka get god to change the other person's mind (laughs) so they started phoning each other at six in the morning every day to wake the other person up and then on their own they would spend an hour in prayer about this problem and he'd say lord if you want me to go to philadelphia change my mind but lord Show her how great California is. And Lord, help her to see that maybe business school isn't right for her right now. And, you know, and, and she do the same thing. Lord, change my heart. But Lord, make him see what an adventure this could be to go to blah, blah, blah. And they did this for a couple of months. What do you know? He started to want to go to Philadelphia. Strange things started to happen. Like he'd hear someone on the radio talk glowingly about Philadelphia. It could happen, I suppose. <laughs> And he started to get curious about what it would be like to live on the East Coast. Meanwhile, she got offered the job of her dreams, doing what she was going to go to business school to learn how to do. So here's what they decided to do. She turned down business school, and they're staying in California, but only for a year. And then she's going to reapply, and maybe they'll go back to Philadelphia in a year. Now, did they each get what they wanted? Well, yeah, no, right? I mean, she had to turn down business school with no guarantees of getting in again, and he still may have to go to Philadelphia in a year. So in a way, they didn't get exactly what they were asking for. But in a deeper way, they did. Because what they were really praying for was that they would be on the same page. What they were really longing for was a resolution to the conflict and a way that they could flourish in the careers that God had given them. Now, they didn't get the specifics they were asking for, but their deepest longings were met. And in the process, they learned to stop worrying about their future. And they told me, even if she doesn't get into graduate school or business school again, and even if he has to leave his job in California in one short year, through prayer, they've learned to trust that God knows what he's doing, that he has a plan for their life, and they can just rest in that. And even though they didn't get exactly what they asked for, they would say God answered their prayer. In the words of Garth Brooks, some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayer. Because sometimes when God says no, it's because he has something better in mind. We're asking for silver and he wants to give us gold. Philippians 4 says, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then what? You'll get everything you want. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So how can you practice prayer this week? Maybe it's just being more honest with God when you pray. Maybe it's allowing prayer to change you. Maybe it's just doing it at all. And it's very worth doing. Because whatever we get when we pray, we always get God, and maybe that's what all our deepest prayers are asking for anyway. Back when I was an academic, I remember being at a fancy conference where a friend of mine was given a paper And his daughter and three-year-old, or his three-year-old, I almost said his daughter and three-year-old wife, whoops, his three-year-old daughter and wife were waiting outside in the hallway. But this made his daughter really anxious because she had something she wanted to say to her dad. So she burst through the door, went running up to the podium in the middle of this formal conference, all these kind of stuffy scholars sitting around going, what's going on, right? And as she was running up the aisle, she kept saying, daddy, 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 daddy. She got to the podium and she put her arms up My friend stopped reading his paper, picked her up, she whispered something to him, he whispered something back, then she sat down in the front row and was content for the rest of the seminar. I have no idea what she said to him. I have no idea what he said back. I don't think it mattered to either one of them. To the little girl, the main point seemed to be that her dad loved her enough to stop what he was doing and listen to her, whatever it was she had to say. And it was his listening to her more than anything he said to her that calmed her down. That's prayer. God is powerful. God is holy. He has a lot to do. But through Jesus, God has given us permission to bust in on him, whatever it is he's doing, call him father and tell him whatever it is that's on our heart. And as we do that, we find his peace. So let's pray. Father, you are always near us. Lord, we ask that you would make your name the most important thing in the world to us. Complete your rule in us. And get your will done here on earth just as it's done in heaven. Lord, today, please give us what we need for today. And forgive our sins. As we are forgiving all those who sin against us. Please don't put us through trials, but deliver us from everything bad. Because you're the one in charge, you have all the power, the glory belongs to you too, and that is just the way we want it. Amen.